Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Lexi and Jordan are back here today talking about a uh, topic that I don't think it gets addressed very much called nostalgia. I'm excited. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, we're going to do a little, um, not a brain teaser, <laughs> a little brain teaser for you. A little brain teaser today. Icebreaker, icebreaker. So Jordan and I both homeschool and it's, I think we're in our second month of school, but Jordan's still kind of at the beginning of hers. So we're just going to talk about one thing we've been excited about this school year. So what are you excited Um, about this year, Jordan? I I was going to say, actually, we are on week eight of school. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh, what? Yeah. We start in July. Weird. Yeah. I guess it is almost. Wow. I realized that Ransom was like, week eight? I was like, yeah, I know. We're hoping to take off January though, so that's why we are that's cool hustling along. Um, one thing I am excited about, well, we're doing art this year, which we haven't done before, mm-hmm. like an actual art. Um, so that's been really fun because I enjoy art anyway. So that's been fun to do together, and we're going to be doing art study. Right now, we're just doing like a drawing class. Um, we're going through a book called Drawing with Children. It te- teaches te- oh, yeah. techniques for drawing, which mm-hmm. has been fun, and we're just the beginning of it, so we're not really like right now it's like learning the elements of drawing um and then the second half of the year we're learning like a art history study where we're going through different um famous paintings and learning about artists and stuff so i'm okay. excited about that this year we haven't got to do that before uh ransom also ransom learned to read last year but um he learned to read like the way a kindergartner reads so this year we're um, just working on developing that and actually trying to become a fluent reader. And um, I don't know how Ari was with us, but we are we are slowly working through comfortableness with long vowel sounds in words with long vowels. Mm. So just uh, going through all that, we're doing we do what our curriculum gives, but that we're also working through the Bob books. Have you guys ever done those? Um, I didn't do them with Ari, but I do have them. I've, I've tried them with Ira. Yeah. Um, and I feel like those are helpful. We just got the long vowel set of the books from the library. And um, I mean, there's a lot of different brands of similar concepts of these books where they give you at the beginning different um, like sounds or, mm-hmm. for example, the long vowel sounds and things like that. With, the with long this. vowels say their name, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. he's having a hard time remembering. Is that what you're saying? Well, because in kindergarten, all we did was the short vowel sounds. So oh, now when okay. he has the word game, it's like ga-am, e, you know, yes. <laughs> instead yes. of just like remembering, okay, if there's an e at the end. Um, so the way phonics, uh, Saxon phonics taught it was that they called it the sneaky e. Yeah, we call it so a magic you can't e. hear at the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then he, the, he sneaks up on the vowel and, and makes him like scream his name. Yeah. Game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sort of cheesy but that's how we remembered it <laughs> yeah we um we're it's doing, hard to figure that stuff out yeah um we do an magic e that um is silent and it makes the vowel before it say its name so oh that's yeah that's yeah that's good. same concept essentially but uh yeah it, it was so funny because jared was in the living room one day when we were doing school and 
we were going through a sheet of stuff that we had to do together. And afterwards, I was like, how many times do you think I said, oh, see, there's a magic E. Don't forget. <laughs> like, he's like, probably a thousand. I was like, I know. I just say it over and over and over and over. <laughs> and one day it will become totally second knowledge to him and he won't even realize he's doing it. But yeah, yeah, so we are working. That's our big thing we are working through right now with school. Man. Big hurdle, I guess. Our big hurdle. Yeah. The long vowel sounds. Hmm. But it's been fun. Um, first grade is exciting. It, I feel like he's doing a lot more like, I don't want to call it real school or anything like that, but a lot more like what I imagine school to be like for upper yeah. grades as well. Um, mm-hmm. so it's cool. Yeah. First grade was a pretty big step up, I felt like. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Um... I have, I guess there's two things I've been really excited about. We also kind of introduced more art this year. So we've been doing um, drawing lessons and then nature study with, we're learning how to use like watercolor pens and stuff. Oh, that's fun. So yeah, I went to a Charlotte Mason um, retreat a couple years back now and we got to, John Muir Laws came and taught us some nature study. So we've been using his videos online and he is oh my gosh, he is a fascinating gentleman. And he just loves, he's not a believer, um, but he has such a good understanding of what education really looks like, especially in regards to science. And so um, he has a basic understanding of Charlotte Mason as well. And he just like, he was just like giving out his books at the conference. Mm -hmm. And he was like, if you can't afford it, just take it. I want your kid to learn. If you can't afford it later, send me a check in the mail. For how much? I'm not going to tell you. Whatever you think it's worth. And so I just, I really he is an awesome human being. And so I really like his stuff. Um, and then we've been doing the drawing lessons as a family at night after dinner once a week. And even Brian does that with us. And I just love being able to do some school stuff with Brian. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah. It's, I posted on my Instagram recently too. It's cool with Valor too, getting a little bit older and Mm -hmm. the amount of stuff that he is just absorbing through being in the room while we are doing school um, and that is just such a neat thing with homeschooling that I had never thought of whenever we first started about how much of a blessing it is to younger siblings. Um, even though he's not, I'm not going to do a curriculum with Valor right now cause he's only two, but, um, but just the amount of blessing it is for him that I'm not even meaning to do, you know? And yeah. I think that it, it is like that for the whole family with homeschooling yeah. a lot of times it's like maybe only one or two kids is actually going through a curriculum, but the whole family's benefiting. Yeah. It's like a trickle down effect. Yeah. And, and I mean, to me and Jared too, and obviously sounds like you guys too with the art, especially, yeah. and um, especially at holiday times, it's cool because our curriculum works in a lot of festive stuff at holiday times. Um, just things that I wouldn't have maybe thought of to do um, mm-hmm. that are special little things. So anyway, yeah, so. that's really cool. I love homeschooling. Makes me very happy. (laughs) Well, um, what we're talking about today is, (laughs) now that I've talked it up so much, you're going to be like, really, that's the quote. (laughs) Um, But I just kind of wanted to read this kind of lengthy quote from um, C.S. Lewis and um, talk a little bit about nostalgia, like the feeling we get. Jordan in a previous podcast was talking about like food kind of cultivating the feeling of cozy in your home and um, what that means for us. Because a lot of the times when I'm thinking about what my goal is with my family and in my home, it's I want to cultivate this feeling of nostalgia. Okay, this is C.S. Lewis and it's from 
um, The Weight of Glory. I don't remember which essay, though. He says, in speaking of this desire for our own far-off country, which we find in ourselves even now, I feel a certain shyness. I am almost committing an indecency. I am trying to rip open the inconsolable secret in each one of you, the secret which hurts so much that you take your revenge on it by calling it names like nostalgia and romanticism and adolescence. The secret also which pierces with such sweetness that when, in very intimate conversation, the mention of it becomes imminent. We grow awkward and affect to laugh at ourselves. The secret we cannot hide and cannot tell, though we desire to do both. We cannot tell because it is, a, it is a desire for something that has never actually appeared in our experience. We cannot hide it because our experience is constantly suggesting it. And we betray ourselves like lovers at the mention of a name. Our commonest, our commonest expedient is to call it beauty and behave as if that has settled the matter. Wordsworth Wordsworth's expedient was to identify it with a certain moment in his own past. But all this is a cheat. If Wordsworth had gone back to those moments in the past, he would not have found the thing itself, but only the reminder of it. What he remembered would turn out to be the itself of remembering. The books or the music in which we thought the beauty was located will betray us if we trust to them. It is not in them, it only came through them, and what came through them was longing. These things, the beauty, the memory of our own past, are good images of what we really desire. But if they are mistaken for the thing itself, they turn into dumb idols, breaking the hearts of their worshipers. For they are not the thing itself, they are only the scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never yet visited. So... <laughs> I love that quote so much. <laughs> um, I think the verse from Ecclesiastes sums it up very simply in that eternity is set in the heart of man. Yeah. And um, I like how he says too at the end there, like sometimes when we are, when we get that feeling of nostalgia, it's almost like, I think he even says it, it's almost like we're remembering something that's not really a part of our life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how else to explain it than that we were made for somewhere else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we are, these glories are just hidden in the universe, which we've talked about before. And every so often, by God's grace, we happen upon them. Um, Wendell Berry has a beautiful poem about happening upon a field of lilies on his property and how he knew, like he didn't go out searching for this. He knew it was by grace that he happened upon mm -hmm. this beautiful image. Um, and I just, I love that as a, as a homemaker, I just mm -hmm. love thinking about, I don't know what the things are that are going to spark that feeling of nostalgia in my child, mm -hmm. but it's my job to awaken them to this feeling of heaven. And, mm -hmm. you know, there are people that say that beauty doesn't matter, but what's so sad in that moment is that they're not, they're not touching the moral imagination of the people around them if they're not willing to cultivate that. And um, in a way it's kind of shutting off their desire or their longing for Christ because like it, like C.S. Lewis says at the end of that quote, it's not about the thing itself. When it becomes about the thing itself, it becomes a dumb idol, but it's yeah. about yeah. what is it actually pointing to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jared and I use the phrase, my heart is exploding right now. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we are experiencing one of those moments of just like pure, this is amazing beautiful, I can't handle it moment. And, mm -hmm. um, my, he'll, he'll say, or I'll say like, my heart is exploding right now. 
And, and it's just that feeling of like overwhelming thankfulness for whatever's in front of you. And those are the things that make you praise God. And um, yes, what is glorifying God other than thankfulness, being super thankful. And I, I love it when that happens. And I, and like you said, exactly, we don't know what is going to spark that in our kids. So being faithful in the things around us to make them beautiful and cozy and um, hopefully awesome for them, hopefully will bring glory to God and thankfulness in their hearts. So I think that's awesome. I love that quote. Yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a good one. Um, it reminded me of a conversation that I've had before with some girls and, um, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this feeling before, but just like, like for me, it's whenever I go to a city. I really like urban feels. I love old buildings. I love old architecture. I love all that stuff. And sometimes it'll make my heart ache with like a longing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and for a long time that really confused me and made me think that like I wasn't where I was supposed to be or whatever, you know, whatever discontentment it started to brew inside me. And I remember having a conversation with a friend once of like, our heart will always have longings this side of eternity. And, and it's our job to be content where God has us and know that we do have eternity, that eternity awaits us as Christians, that Mm. all longings will one day be fulfilled and whatever it may be in your life that causes that heart ache. Um, and just feeling of like, Oh, I love this, but it's, it's not something that I have right now. Um, Jared feels that way sometimes with like beautiful mountainy things and yeah. we don't live in a mountainous area. So sometimes that gives him the heartaches. But um, I think that we do, we have a heart eternity set in our hearts mm-hmm. and we know that one day we will be with Christ and all longings will be fulfilled. And that should be great joy and comfort to us on this side of eternity whenever we are longing for things that we, that God has said no to right now. Yeah, I think, um, what is his, do you know what C.S. Lewis's um, autobiography is titled? It's, I can't remember right now. Um, uh, oh, Surprised by Joy, Surprised okay. by Joy. Um, have you ever read that? No, I haven't. Okay, well, he talks in there about how, like, he knew that there had to be a God because his brother had this little jar that he, that was almost like an atrium. Mm-hmm. almost like a snow globe, but with real plants in it. Mm-hmm. And he just felt this joy every time he would look at it. And so he just said my entire life before Christ was spent chasing after that feeling. Mm-hmm. And it was only when he realized that Christ was the culmination of that feeling that he realized this, this makes sense. Like there is no other answer except that, yeah. that I was made for the Lord is because of this feeling. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's like, obviously something to recognize like God put that there for a reason and and lean into that because you're really leaning into Christ. Yeah, that's cool. And I I think it's so helpful, especially as women thinking through feelings and emotions and those kind Mm -hmm. of terms, because a lot of times we can get caught up in a feeling of like unfulfilledness and think that that's the fault of um, the duties in front of us or our family or our husband or whatever it may be. Um, But sometimes it's like, well, sometimes it's a sinful heart that we need to repent of. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's the fact that we're eternal beings and we are living in a world that is broken and we will one day yes. be in eternity where we will be fully fulfilled. Yeah. Um, but I think that's helpful thinking through stuff like that. And, you know, 
I'm sure we all know non-Christians that are like constantly seeking that next amount of joy, that yes. temporal <laughs> joy that it doesn't last. And it's like mm-hmm. going from thing to thing to thing, just trying to be fulfilled, trying to be happy, trying to be, yeah. um, you know, content in something that will not last and will not give that. And, um, only Christ, we know that only Christ fulfills those things. And, um, I'm, I'm not saying that like on earth we can't be content or we can't have joy because that's definitely not the case that Christ does fulfill us and give us joy. Um, but I think that sometimes we do have those flashes of things that it's like, um, reminders that we are made for another world. Yeah. I think too, at least most of the times I can pinpoint in my adult life, like maybe two times where I've had that feeling, both of them have snuck up on me. They weren't something that I like conjured up Mm. or curated in order to like cause that emotion to happen. It was something that the Lord literally just provided for me. And I think that's where it, you know, you can't hold on to it then at that point, because it's a gift that was given to you for a second and it's gone. Mm -hmm. And also like in our last episode, you know, we were talking about we actually can enjoy the mundane parts of life that yeah. don't feel nostalgic and cozy because mm-hmm. God has given us the grace to do so. Yeah. So it's like both ends of the spectrum. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. It is both ends of the spectrum. That's crazy. Didn't think about that before we did these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's <sighs> beauty in the mundane and there's glorious beauty in the nostalgic, amazing field of lilies. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being the person that is like, an atheist and has that feeling and they're like, oh, that's just a bunch of meaningless neurons firing in my brain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How unhopeful. Yeah, exactly. It's Hopeless. like we have, we know why this is happening. So anything else you want to say about nostalgia? No, I almost feel like you can't say too much or else it ruins it. Oh. <laughs> Go read, go read Surprised by Joy and The Weight of Glory. Those are probably my two favorite books by him. They're so good. Cool. All right. So, so good. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go create some cozy. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of The Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started The Shepherd's Crook for Wives, Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.